Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, I'd like to uh, begin this morning by introducing you to a young man named Eric Hill. Um, Eric looked great on the outside. He was 28 years old. Uh, He'd graduated from college. Uh, He was handsome. Uh, Companies were competing to hire him. But things were different on the inside for Eric. There There were some voices inside him that he didn't want to hear. And there were some images inside that he didn't want to see. And in order to escape these voices and these images, Eric decided to run away. On a gray, rainy February day in 1982, Eric walked out the back door of his Florida home and never came back. His sister, Debbie, remembers him leaving. She was sure he'd be back soon. She hoped he would call, but it never happened. One of the voices in Eric's head told him that his job was to pick up garbage along a highway outside of San Antonio, Texas. And so that's what he did. He lived in a hole in the ground in a vacant lot. His clothes were a split, torn pair of trousers and a a cut-off old uh, sweatshirt. He wore a plastic bag when it rained. And he lived that way for 16 years until an ambulance found him one day curled up in a ball on the side of the road. And at the hospital, they found out that Eric had just months to live. He had cancer. And no one knew who he was. Well, of course, Eric is an extreme example. But I still wonder if you join me in sometimes um, having voices in your head that you'd like to not hear, or having some images in your mind that you just as soon not see. We're going to come back to Eric in just a few minutes, but I start with him because today's music and lessons are all about uh, sheep and shepherds, and Eric is a sheep, a lost, wandering sheep, and whether or not he knows it consciously, aching for a shepherd. In today's colic, Jacob prayed, O God, whose son Jesus is the good shepherd of the people. And in the gradual hymn we just sang, there were the words, the king of love my shepherd is. And then, we come to today's gospel. The scene is Jerusalem. Uh, The cross is drawing near, and Jesus knows it. So he wants to be as clear as he possibly can about who he is and what his relationship with you and me is like. And so he tells the citizens of Jerusalem and the citizens of New York City that to look at a shepherd and a flock of sheep 
is to see a vivid illustration of the relationship between Jesus and you and me. And in order to drive it home, he makes this contrast between a good shepherd and a hired hand. I can illustrate that contrast by telling you about my friend, Rollin Johnson. Rollin was an orthopedic surgeon and he was a parishioner in a former church of mine. And once when I saw Rollin, because of a disobedient knee, Rollin wanted my help. He wanted my observations, he asked about my feelings to try to figure out what was wrong. He listened to me. And years later, when I had a disobedient appendix and was in the hospital, Rollin was the first person in my room every morning with a warm greeting and a sweet sense of humor. Rollin was a good doctor. A bad doctor marches into your room with a gaggle of medical students, looks at the chart, refers to you as the case, lectures the students, and then disappears. I am the good doctor. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. And then he says how. He first of all says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Do you remember the TV show uh, Cheers? It was all about a, a bar in Boston named Cheers, where the same characters uh, every week in the bar would live through various life issues. The theme song of that show was a direct commentary on today's gospel. Let's see if uh, Camel knows how to play it. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Do you remember that moment um, that happened at Cheers almost every week, that moment when one of the characters walks into the bar and everyone in the bar shouts out his name? If you know it, just do it with me at the count of three. One, two, three. Nor! The door swings open, the man walks in, and everyone turns around and looks and shouts Norm. Wouldn't it be great to be known by name like that? To be welcomed in by name like that? I mean, what if that happened every Sunday here at St. George's? In fact, I mean, why don't we see what it'd be like? So, I mean, for instance, over here is Melina Smith. Melina, would you stand? I mean, she's known as Mel. Let's say that she's just walking in the door now, and we're all going to greet her that way. Are you ready? On three. One, two, three. Mel! 
That's so cool. Steve, stand up. Let's try it with Steve. You ready? One, two, three. Steve! Okay, let's do every... No, I'm kidding, but... So, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know you by name. Let me give one more example. I have a friend named Liz, and one day Liz was going to have a medical procedure. Earlier that same day, she went to Starbucks to get a cup of coffee, and there was a line at the counter, and she joined the end of it, and in front of her were ten men, all in three-piece suits, all carrying briefcases, all intent on important business. And suddenly, there was a shout from the three-piece suit at the front of the line. Hey, Liz! We prayed for you in our small group yesterday. I'll be praying for you all day today. And arcing over nine other three-piece suits on important business came the word of the Lord. I know my own by name, says Jesus. You and I are known by name by someone even greater than the gang at Cheers or the crowd at Starbucks. The Good Shepherd knows all about us, and he still calls us by name. The Good Shepherd knows all of our fears, all of our failures, all of our disasters, and he still calls us by name. You know, this really is an incredible, even outrageous claim. And I would caution you to dismiss it as just a lovely sentiment if it weren't for the fact that the Good Shepherd has put his money where his mouth is. Because after Jesus says that he knows his own, he then says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that finally brings us back to Eric Hill. Eric was dying alone in the hospital, and nobody knew who he was. His court-appointed lawyer went on the internet and asked if anybody knew a brown-haired adult male with the last name of Hill. And eventually, Eric's sister, Debbie, the uh, sister who had been looking for Eric for 16 years, made contact with the lawyer. And the description seemed to match her memory, uh, but she had to know for sure. So she went to Texas from Florida. She and her husband and their two children went to look for Eric, who by this time had been released from the hospital. And they found him. He was back outside on the highway. And they walked up to him and they introduced themselves, but Eric didn't recognize Debbie, and he didn't believe that she was his sister. They offered him some food, and he refused. Then Debbie showed Eric a little pin of an angel and asked if he wanted it. And that worked. Debbie pinned uh, the lapel onto that dirty old sweatshirt. And in that moment, Debbie began to lay down her life 
for that one particular sheep. Debbie and her family had planned to stay for one week. The week passed, and they stayed. Spring became summer, and they stayed. Debbie homeschooled her kids, and they stayed. Eric still did not recognize his sister. He didn't want to stay in their apartment. He didn't want their food. He didn't want to talk. He still wanted his hole in the ground. He wanted to pick up garbage by the highway. One day he cursed Debbie. And Debbie kept on laying down her life for this one particular sheep. In the 23rd Psalm, the Psalm uh, that begins, the Lord is my shepherd, it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It doesn't say maybe goodness and mercy will follow me. It doesn't say I have a hunch that goodness and mercy might follow me. It says surely, for sure, count on it, lean on it. Mercy is going to follow you from the Good Shepherd if it takes a lifetime. Which is what finally happened to our fellow sheep named Eric. Days before he died, his eyes were opened, he recognized Debbie as his sister, and he died in peace filled with thanks for her sacrificial love. So I want to close this sermon with the words of the author who tells this story of Eric. The author writes, Like Eric, we have doubted our helper. But like Debbie, God has followed us. Like Eric, we are quick to run away. But like Debbie, God is slow to anger and determined to stay. Like Eric, we don't accept God's gifts, but like Debbie, God still gives them. He gives us his angels, not just pinned on our sweatshirts, but placed on our paths. And most of all, the author says, God gives us himself. Even when we choose our hovel over his house and our trash over his grace, still he follows never leaving us, patiently persistent, faithfully present, using all of his power to convince us that he is who he is and that he can be trusted to lead us home. His goodness and mercy followed Eric and will follow you and me all the days of our lives. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.